Hey everybody, how y'all doing? I'm Michael, joined by Alex as always. How's it going? And this is Fallen Through Potholes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And this is part two of our mini-series on NBA 2K's My Career Mode, specifically talking about NBA 2K16. So if you want to listen to the first part where we kind of talk about how we even got to this point in the first place, probably want to check that out. But if you just want to listen to a very, very silly plot by a legendary film director getting involved in video games for the first time, eh, you know, stick around. You're in for a wild ride. But first, Alex, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this stuff that I feel like I heard about tangentially as it was going on, but again, mm-hmm. didn't experience it firsthand, but I... I definitely feel like I heard about, oh, Spike Lee's going to direct the cutscenes for NBA 2K16's My Career Mode. And I went, mm-hmm. I don't know what most of those words mean, but cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it was a big deal at the time, I would say. And it was something that I, like, when I even first conceived of this episode, I knew it was ultimately building to this. Mm-hmm. I knew that this was going to be the one I wanted to talk about because, boy. <laughs> Boy, isn't an attempt at something. Spike Lee never does anything small. He does not. Uh, but I do think he is capable of phoning things in. Yeah, true. And I think he's going to phone this one in. Ah. And, but in a way, that still is going to be fun. Right. But before we get into that, Alex, do you have like a favorite sports movie that you ever watched? Uh, preferably a basketball movie, but if you can't uh, think of one, then sports see. movie in general. Um basketball i'm i'm trying to think if i've ever really watched a basketball movie other than space jam mm. yeah i can't no, that's think fair. of one other than space jam yeah i i mean i like the classic movie hoosers hoosers is pretty cool mm. uh mm-hmm. i have a soft spot for glory road because that's actually about my university mm. university of texas at el paso and their legendary championship team right that also may that also got Kentucky very, very angry. <laughs> we said their head coach was racist in the movie, mm. <laughs> which actually probably was true. To be probably, fair. yeah, allegedly, let's say. But uh, I, I have a fondness for sports movies, and so like, and like Spike Lee is a person who has made sports movies previously, mm-hmm. back basketball movies. He yep. made the movie He Got Game, starring Denzel Washington and. Basketball player Ray Allen, actually. Hmm. Uh, Ray Allen playing the character with the incredible name Jesus Shuttlesworth. <laughs> I don't know about you, though, Alex. When I hear a celebrity with no experience working with video games gets involved in video games, mm-hmm. raises a few red flags. Yeah, a little bit. But as I've already alluded to, there was reason for hope that this would work out. Because if you're going to involve a celebrity director for the first time, you really could do a worse job than Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. To start, his credentials are pretty impeccable. By this point, he had directed 20 films, including Malcolm X, Do the Right Thing, and of course, once again, relevant to our conversation, the 1998 sports drama He Got Game. Mm-hmm. He's also a huge, huge basketball fan. Really a huge yep. sports fan in particular, but basketball is probably the sport he's most associated with. Uh, he's a particular fan of the New York Knicks, having courtside seats at Madison Square Garden. A fact that has been a bit messy at times, mostly due to his tense relationship he has with the owner of the Knicks, James Dolan. James himself being incredibly petty, likely <laughs> himself being incredibly petty. They tend to clash heads usually once a year in a way that's usually very fun. Rad. It, it, this is neither here nor there, though. Mm. The point is that, okay, seems like a good decision on its face. The second is that this isn't the first time a major celebrity has been involved in the 2K series. Uh, famously, Jay-Z was an executive producer for NBA 2K13. Uh, he helped curate the soundtrack and was apparently instrumental in some of the design decisions for like the menus and whatnot. Hmm. I kind of doubt that he spent like a ton of time on this, though. Right. Mostly because like one of the signature accomplishments that like was touted that he came up with, like that was visionary was suggesting that maybe they included the 1992 USA men's basketball team, the, the dream team, uh-huh. which is like, oh, wow, you wanted to include one of the most famous basketball teams ever. Wow, I, I can't believe you came up with such an idea. Man, yeah. The, the, yeah, on the, well, I think at that point was the 20th anniversary. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. G- good job, Jay-Z. Good job. 
Here's here's your check. Good job. That being said, there are indications that maybe this wasn't going to be like Spike Lee's A game. First off, at the time that he was writing and directing this game, he is credited as the writer. Mm -hmm. He was actively in production on his next movie, uh, Chirac. Mm. So his attention was a little split. Right. The second is how Spike Lee described the story he was writing. He said, quote, It's about the trials and tribulations of life on a big stage with the money, fame, temptations, family members, the press, fans, all that stuff. End quote. If that sounds vague and maybe something you could bang out really quickly, that's because it probably was. <laughs> Ooh. And I mean that because Spike Lee described the process as having a surprising, like a surprising amount of quickness. Mm. Stating that, quote, I didn't really realize how quick it was going to be. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to do costumes, makeup or hair. We didn't even have to move props around. We didn't have to move from location to location. Everything was just there. End quote. I feel like he is maybe focusing on the things that he doesn't have to do compared to live action direction and production. And mm -hmm. maybe not as much on the things you do have to do to compensate for those things lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's gonna that's gonna become very apparent very soon. Let's just say foreshadowing. Mm. Now I should say that just because something comes together quickly doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. Rocky yeah. was filmed in, what, 28 days, right? Uh -huh. They won the Oscar for Best Picture. But so, like, let's see what, what some articles have to say about the story, you know, that okay. I'm just going to pull up here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Verge says, uh, Spike Lee ruined my favorite NBA 2K <laughs> game mode. Ooh. Hmm. Huh. All right. That's bad. Let's see what uh, Rolling Stone's uh, video game vertical which was called Glixel at the time. Mm. Let's see what they said. Um, NBA 2K16, how Spike Lee didn't do the right thing. Mm. Clever, on the nose. Yeah, very on the nose. It's The, the entire article is very nose. There's a lot of basketball puns in it. Uh -huh. There's a reason Glixel doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Alex, this story uh, was not well received. Mm. I don't know if you could tell. Yeah, I'm getting that impression. Yeah, heavily derided as being at best cliche. At worst, a railroaded mess of a story. Mm. So let's talk about that railroad of a story and see if that train derails. That was bad. That's yeah. not proud of that one. Let's talk about NBA 2K16, a, a story that has, I guarantee you, lines that are maybe only marginally better than that. Mm. I'm expecting worse, honestly. <laughs> Prepare to be disappointed. Damn. Start. Okay, so it starts on a basketball court in Harlem. Sure. Okay, we're in the midst of the projects. And it, it proudly tells you that it's directed by Spike Lee. Like, literally, mm -hmm. his name, I think, shows up like three times. Okay, we're on a basketball court in Harlem, so I can assume, but go on. Yeah. Now, we're introduced to our main character. His name is Freak. F-R-E-Q. Okay. Alex, uh, you want to guess what that stands for? Frequency? Frequel? It is indeed frequency, but his full name is frequency vibrations. Why? There's an explanation later. <laughs> oh, I didn't want there to be one. <laughs> I really should have been. <laughs> so this is a case of, like, they have to explain it because frequency vibrations is actually a nickname. Okay, <laughs> good. Because you decide your character's real name and it's never spoken. That, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, you see, yeah, because I bet you you're like, you're excited that this person is called Frequency Vibrations for some reason. Yeah. And then it immediately it's undercut by being like, well, it's a nickname, actually. That's a terrible nickname. It's a terrible nickname, yeah. Like, Freak <laughs> is okay? Mm-hmm. All right, Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and of course you know why they went with Freak, because it's like, oh, not only because of Frequency, but also because Freak, because he's like a freak. Right. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Once again, this is not the most ridiculous NBA 2K name that exists. Let's right. say the president of basketball will literally come next year. But it tries. Yeah, it tries. Now, Freak is an up-and-coming basketball prospect, still in high school, and he's on the court with his sister, Cece. Alex, you're going to want to murder Cece by the end of this. Oh, good. Okay. She's that. She, she is terrible. She is the fraternal twin sister to Freak. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, she's introduced by basically doing her best to wake up all Harlem by going, cuckoo, 
wake up, everyone. Ah, she's like very quirky and whatnot. Right. Okay. Uh huh. Now, in what is maybe the most stilted exposition scene I've ever seen, these two characters relate how they grew up in Harlem with parents who are hard workers who work for the post office for the past thirty-two years. But man, they'll never take a day off and they'll never move out of that house they have. Money, hard work is always water, right? Yep, just like our parents. 32 years and they both still at the post office. <laughs> mom selling stamps, pops delivering the mail. Never complain, never missed a day. Yeah, well, moms did when she had us. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But Pop said she went back to work a lot sooner than she had to. Right, of course she did. Brought us up right here in Harlem, USA. Boy, no matter what we do, they work really hard. They raised us right. Remember how they raised us right as we have this conversation before school for some reason? <laughs> Freak then says, hey, you know, he's going to make the NBA, and man, he's living the dream. By the way, this uh, the story is titled Living the Dream. Oh, we, we learned this literally five seconds later when God. Living the Dream splashes on screen, presented by Spike Lee. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Boy, this is presented by Spike Lee. It is so presented by Spike Lee. <laughs> this oh. is, by the way, a really terrible uh, exposition conversation because they are explaining things that e they both know to each other. Yeah, right? Exactly. They want to let you know, though, the player, that they have parents that are together and they love each other and they're working the post office. They should take time off, but they just don't. Right. All these are details you can very easily explain to someone who doesn't already know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like maybe in some sort of like press conference that Freak would eventually have to give. As something like that. Part of his introduction to the team or something. Now, we're going to do this now with your sister because we've got to establish that you and your sister are tight, man. Right. Yeah. So uh, Freak says he's going to make the NBA. He's going to earn so much money that they can retire both their parents. And it's after this, Freak's annoying best friend, Vic Van Leer, shows up. Vic also sucks. Yeah. Uh, but he's supposed to suck. So okay, that's good. There's immediate tension, by the way, between Vic and Cece. Like, which Cece helpfully explains is because he's a troublemaker who got kicked off his high school team by his coach. Cece explains this to Vic. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Exposition. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Now, Vic says it's only because the coach was a hater. He just wanted one player to shine. But that was Freak, and that's okay, because Freak is his friend, and they're both going to make the NBA. Okay, so this is the crappy rival. <laughs> yep. Oh, no, he's not going to be your crappy rival, actually. Oh. There's no, there's no crappy rival in this. Well, he's standing right there. What the hell? Yeah, here's the thing. Freak... Freak's friend Vic is never going to make the NBA because he's a slacker who doesn't work hard. Unlike Freak, who does work hard. Oh, oh my God. They're going to try so hard to like set up parallels between Freak and Vic about how one's doing the right thing and the other isn't, and it's going to be so terrible. It's going to be so terrible. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Vic also constantly mentions that he is an FOF, which is, uh, that stands for friend of Freak. Because you keep forgetting I'm an FOF. And do tell, what is it, FOF? A friend of Freak. <laughs> FOF. Yeah, that's hot, right? What? To the point? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get so bad to the point, like, at one point, he's going to be wearing a hat with, like, giant block letters on it that says FOF. <laughs> really sad. Anyways, they lay it on Vic that Cece yeah. just hates Vic. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. calling him, like, a bum all while Freak is basically like, man, haha, -ha, what a character. Because, like, you know, Vic's wacky is like, we're going to go get all the leads. We're going to have hot parties, drive the sick cars. And like, Freak's like, man, why are you two always beefing? Vic, remember to get to school. Don't cut class. And so they all go to school and whatnot. And at a high school game, you know, Vic does his best to hit on all the cheerleaders. as like Freak leads the team to a win and press a bunch of recruiters, including those from like Georgetown, Villanueva, Louisville, Arizona, Kansas. And a very sad presentation from UConn that literally is like, yeah, listen, we got nothing, but you should pick us. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we got prestige at one point. Eventually, Freak's team reaches the state championship and they win it. At Freak's home, Freak's family, including his mom and dad, Cece, and confusingly Vic, are there to film his letter of intent for the university of his choice. Because he's a very highly touted prospect. He's like going to be the mm -hmm. next LeBron James. Mm-hmm. This scene basically exists to show that Freak is a good son who does things like take out the trash and his family first. <sighs> yeah, and the, everyone's proud of him, and man, it's a good thing your parents raised you the right way. Okay, Spike, we, we get it. You like the old-fashioned values. You're all about... We know. Mm -hmm. We know. 
Yeah, and if you come from a broken family, man, things are always going to go bad for you. Like Vic, who's from a broken family, and oh. basically his mom and dad basically took him in. So, yeah, yeah, that's also why he's there. Oh, boy. It's like, he knows that, like, when he leaves, you know, Cece could take over all of his chores, which Cece goes, nope, wherever you go, I'm going, so I can keep those college chicks off of you. Cece uh? sucks. It's like, no. That? What? what? Uh? Yeah. Okay, that reads weird. Moving on. Right? <laughs> so, Vic films a speech and Freak selects his school, which doesn't really matter, so let's say it's, I don't know, UCLA. Right. It then cuts to Freak's mom, who gives a loving interview for a documentary. There's a documentary that goes on throughout all this. Okay, sure. Yeah. And she says, and like the voice off the camera's like, hey, how did Freak get his nickname? She's like, oh, that Freak... You know, when he came out of the move, he was already running and vibing, and he was, like, just created music wherever he went. So that's why he's called Frequency Vibrations. That sucks. It really does. That sucks a lot. By the way, Alex. Uh-huh. The person interviewing her for the documentary is Spike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that, yeah, that makes sense. I howled with laughter when his name showed up. <laughs> I laughed even harder when he doesn't show up in person at all yeah. the entire time. Oh, that's the best. Despite the fact that the opening cutscene for NBA 2K16 has him prominently virtual, virtual Spike Lee being like, hey man, you gotta play my story. Living the dream. It's like, why is this bottle in your eye? Oh they my God. scanned him in and they didn't put him in any real cutscenes? They did it. <laughs> it's so good. They had the model. They had the voice lines. They just need to put it in a scene and animate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. It's so good. It's so oh, good. Oh, boy. This. All right. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to get all these like little cuts by Spike Lee interviewing various members of like Freak's inner circle and whatnot that guess like get the vibe of this up and coming prospect who I guess is going to reach the NBA like be super great yeah wait okay so is this interview taking place after he's made a name for himself or while he's still up and coming for things that, for reasons that are going to happen in the story like actual story beats uh -huh. no this is okay. happening concurrently with the story okay or at least close enough so Spike Lee is just filming a documentary about this prospective basketball player out of high school yes that's just how Spike Lee's spending his time, huh? Yeah, yeah. He just thought this this kid's gonna be like the next LeBron James. We gotta like like gotta get on the ground floor on this. Alright. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting choice, let's say. So we we also established in this interview, by the way, that everyone in the neighborhood loves Freak and he's looked at as like the hope for the entire community. Uh-huh. Well, with the fact they live in the projects and they're uh -huh. all poor. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we cut to the men's college basketball final, which is Let's say, I don't know, UCLA versus Georgetown and Freak wins. Sure. So there's a very low production value here, by the way, because like there's no celebration. Like they mm. just like jump around on the court and for some reason are playing at like your university's home court, which is not how the NBA uh, college basketball championships work. But right. whatever, who cares? You win. It's great. Yeah. We then cut back to Freak's mom as Freak gives her a call. We see that he's in an office with his sister, Cece, and a new character. His girlfriend, Yvette. Yvette is Asian. Okay. Um, you're probably wondering why I'm bringing this up. It's unfortunately going to be relevant. Uh, okay. I'm sure it'll be handled with grace and tact. No, it won't. <laughs> so, it's established right away that Cece fucking hates Yvette for reasons that will never be determined. Ah, Okay. <laughs> Like, literally, like, she's there in the phone call, and Cece just looks over and she's like, does she need to be here? Like, out loud. Mm. Like, it's like, that's rude, man. Like, it's Yvette hears this. Very like, rude. What, what the hell? Anyways, we find out they're in the office of a sports agent by the name of Mr. Don Pagnotti. Now, he's immediately, like, establishes himself as, one, very Italian. Mm -hmm. He says capiche a lot. And okay. two, shady as hell. Because he quickly establishes that the meeting is off the record and isn't actually happening. Uh-huh. He's, he's technically violating NCAA rules. Okay. 
he tells the family that's in Freak's best interest to leave college early and to declare for the NBA draft, and that he should sign with him and his agency. Freak tells him that he plans on being called for four years because he promised his parents that because he's a good guy. Okay, one, exhausted with this mm-hmm. good kid shtick. Second of all, no, the reason you should do that is because that is not what the NBA likes to see. Mm-hmm. If you just drop out of college and then sign on with some dude in an office. Oh, I mean, people leaving after one year was actually very frequent. Uh, during this time like the literally nba established the rules like well you had to go to college for at least one year before you could declare for the draft which just (sighs) meant that you had to be 19 to enter the nba instead of 18 right okay i yeah i forgot about professional sports leagues and this this (laughs) yeah they they thankfully rescinded that rule like i think five years ago because they're like oh right yeah this is stupid as hell (laughs) (laughs) this is this is mildly predatory yeah, just a little bit. It's really weird because he's like, because like almost immediately after this, like Cece and Don immediately go like, plans change, freak. Which is like, Cece, what are you even doing here? <laughs> like Cece's also like weirdly upset right afterwards as as Dom gets his pitch to the, that college is dumb as hell. So don't do it and go to the pros. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's because Cece's just upset it wasn't her idea, but... uh yeah, because this is uh, this going to be a reoccurring theme, let's say. Right. So this immediately causes tension because, like, Freak's dad's like, hell no with this guy. He's shady. Freak's mom's like, actually, maybe this would be a good idea when he gets injured. And then Freak pops up and he's like, hey, I've been talking to Vic. And he seems like is this is going to be a good idea. And Cece's like, why are you talking to that bum? Like, why are you doing that? That's a bad idea. Okay, he- so no one in this universe operates on common sense then. No. Not really. Everyone just has their own brand of bad ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I guess Freak's dad was like, no, this guy is clearly shady. You should not do the things he says. Yeah. And so yeah, exactly. there's one, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea to join the NBA because he's projected to be a first-round draft pick, and that's mm-hmm. millions of dollars. And so it's like there, there's a financial reason to do this, certainly. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's very—they're very clearly establishing that it's, like, people speaking for Freak rather than Freak speaking for himself. Right. Something that, like, pipes in and says, well, you know, it's actually his choice. Maybe this could be a solid business, like, decision for him. Which CC is like, this is none of your business, and it devolves into like a giant fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Th- and- that's a that's a very uh, well spoken point character we haven't seen before. Now. Hmm. Yeah. It's funny because the vet just sort of just shows up, but she quickly becomes my favorite character because oh, she's okay. She's the only one who really doesn't do anything wrong in this entire story. <laughs> She's just like, maybe maybe we should listen to what Freak wants. And then everyone goes, Yvette, you're, you suck. Go away. God, why are you here? Why are you here, Yvette? Oh, just, boy. You're a leash, Yvette. It's like, I just, just look out for his interest. <laughs> Anyways, Freak decides to leave the NBA early. And he you know, goes in the first round. Okay. Uh, he's warned that he might slip like to the second round because of his association with Vic. Which... By what? the way, they yeah they have Vic is a troublemaker to the point that apparently people have been hearing about it and it's been causing you know bad press around Freak Pe- in a way. People in it? the NBA have been hearing about it. Yeah, yeah, because you know they're scouting him out, seeing like what kind of crew he runs with, and apparently Vic is bad news. Is he? What does Vic do? They do not elaborate. <laughs> they eventually will, but at this point, they do not. They just go. You know, Vic's bad news. You got to cut ties with him. And Freak's like, he's like a brother to me. You're like, but you got to do He's a bad person. It's like, did he do anything? Yeah, I cut, yeah. He cut class once. And I guess he like filmed like a girl's butt in high school. Oh. That's that's not great. Yeah. But, but, you know, that's that's the worst of his crimes. I guarantee the NBA ain't going to care about that. Yeah. Regardless, he goes to the NBA early. He gets drafted. And like at his press conference led by the owner of the team, uh, we find out that, oh man, his sister's like sitting next to him. It turns out she's his manager now. He's She's now being paid by her brother. Huh. 
And she's very, very controlling to the point that, like, she literally, like, Freak tries to answer a question about his nickname, only for her to literally steal the microphone from him and be like, maybe our mom should explain it. It's like, what are you doing? Stop this. Stop it. <laughs> this is this is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also introduced to the team owner, by the way, who's basically a Silicon Valley tech bro. He, he got his millions in tech, and he's, you know, uh-huh. he, he's okay. going to have, have a tortured backstory. It's going to be great. So we're next introduced to your coach, who's helpfully named Coach. Uh, he's there to be a hard ass and tell the players it's time to get serious. And this isn't camp. We're going to play ba- basketball. Mm-hmm. It's what you do. And then you play some basketball, and you go back to an empty home arena and meet the owner, who talks about, man... Life must be different from the old days of playing horse on the neighborhood court to now driving luxury cars, huh? And Freak's like, yeah, man, it's crazy. And you have a bonding session, how they both came from humble beginnings. And, hum- and like, by humble beginnings, I mean the team owner came from an upper-middle-class family in uh-huh. MIT. So, uh-huh. humble. I mean, realistic, to be fair. Very fair to that, yes. The, the team owner really tries hard to be like, man, I'm just like you. Yeah. Let me let me tell you how I how like my parents had a bunch of money. This feels like a very specific person in Spike Lee's life. Yeah, it, it kind of does. Yeah, so they're like proud of their communities, and he just all of a sudden out of nowhere gets serious. He's like, "Quote, you know, freak, our lives are like a pearl necklace of great moments, all strung together with the finest silk threads of memories, and we have to be very careful how we cultivate those pearls." And how we thread the necklace as he stares into your soul. Like it's this dead eye stare. It's like like just super close to Freak. And he's Freak's like, oh. This is this is about my friend Vic, isn't it? And he owner sighs and he's like, Freak, let me tell you a story. Came from a well-off family, went to MIT. But then my dad died. And that was sad. But hey, you know, I had a friend. His name was Isidore. A smart guy. He's so much smarter than me. He also went to MIT, but he ran with the wrong crowd. A wrong crowd that was counting cards at Las Vegas casinos. Uh. This is literally just copying the story of the famous MIT you know, team that went to Vegas and won a bunch of money playing blackjack. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, he'd go to these casinos and win a bunch of money. He'd come back, you know, if I put a thousand dollars or whatnot. Man, it was crazy. And Freak's like, yeah, man, he sounds cool as hell. Whatever happened to him? Team owner's like, he went missing for three weeks and he was never found. Which I'm like, I think that's longer than three weeks. But okay. Yeah. That's whatever, man. Okay. And he's like, you know, I'm sad because he wanted me to hang out with him in Vegas. But I didn't want to do that because I knew my friend was on a dark, twisted path of being good at blackjack. Okay. As someone who works in tech, mm-hmm. counting cards is the worst thing you could come up with someone, a tech bro knows that they did that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the dark, twisted path the that tech the... guy knows about is counting cards. Yeah. They tried to imply very briefly that he might have been like running with like a fake consulting firm in Boston that might have been a front for the mob and he got murdered by other mobsters. <laughs> okay. But it's like such a throwaway thing and it's never really elaborated on that it just comes off with. Well, he went to Vegas to play blackjack a lot, and he invited me to come down and hang out with Vegas with him, because he literally says, hey, come and hang out with me in Vegas. And I was like, no, I won't go that dark, twisted path <laughs> of being in Vegas. Being in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, super hollow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I, it's very obvious what it's going for, but it's like, why are you taking these softball shots? Right? Like, Come on, Spike Lee. I know you've got harder hitting stuff than this. You absolutely do. You absolutely do. Well, once again, I'm pretty sure there was a couple of weeks weeks of Spike Lee's life. It was like, yeah, yeah sure. I'll, why not? Yeah, man, fame, it really gets to you. Your friends, are they really your friends? So Team Owner says he was never going to throw his life away, trying to show loyalty to a guy who really and truly didn't understand what loyalty was all about. Which, how was he being disloyal? I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't. Did did he not? He went and committed maybe crimes that didn't involve you. (laughs) (laughs) Freak correctly points out Vic isn't Izzy. Something that seems accurate since so far the only thing Vic has done wrong is be obnoxious and film women. 
which once again one of those is pretty bad yeah but, but you know it's, we're, grand scheme of things yeah like the owner gets upset about this and asks why not if Brie points out well you didn't grow up poor like we did and live in an incredibly dangerous neighborhood like he relays a story about like man people would just constantly try to rob us and you mm-hmm. know Vic would constantly have my back we'd get into fights and Vic would be there to help me fight people off yeah and then team owner then finally drops that Vic has been putting Freak's livelihood at risk by beginning some fights at nightclubs and strip clubs and then telling the media it's cool. He's Freak's friend. Team owner then plays a video of a drunk Vic being arrested by the cops with footage that was presumably from the cops' body cam. So Freak's like embarrassed about this and he reveals that he paid lawyers 100k to make the charges go against Vic go away. Team owner then tells Vic that tells him that Vic is banned from the team arena and facility. He then gets in Freak's face and just starts yelling at him. Think he pays him a lot to win him basketball games, to cut the albatross off his neck and cut that zero and be the hero, or he'll be cut from the team. And he makes sure he never plays in the U.S. again. Like he looks like he's mm. gonna murder Freak the entire time. And admittedly, this didn't quite happen at the same time. But it's like Freak is being basically built up as like being this incredibly great player right now. He's like right. so huge contributions right now in his rookie season already. And it's like, we literally just got done with a wild like trade deadline where a team that was in contention like traded away their incredibly anti-Semitic player that they held on to <laughs> in spite of his incredible anti-Semitism okay. and anti-vax status. Okay, hang on. Because that's a plot detail that makes this scene very different. Oh, well, okay, hold on. No, no, this is real life. I'm talking about real life. I'm talking about oh, oh, sorry. Life. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. If that actually happened in this game, that would be hilarious. That would... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to contrast it with, like, yeah, no. Kyrie no, no, Irving, yeah, okay, player. I get you now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Literally missing half of his team's games because he refuses to get vaccinated. Oh, and they still held on to him for, like, years. It was great. And it's like, your friend got drunk in a strip club. It looks bad on us. It's like, shut up. Go away. God. (laughs) The NBA does not, trust me, the NBA does not give a shit about that. The NBA doesn't give a shit about players getting drunk at strip clubs. They do not. No. Not at all. If that was the case, James Harden would have been out of the league 10 years ago. (laughs) James Harden's entire career is get incredibly drunk and hang out with strippers and then score 50 points every game. That is is his arc. (laughs) So yeah, we cut to another documentary scene, this time featuring Freak as he tries to justify Vic's existence. (laughs) You know, he gets a bad rap, but they have a shared loyalty. He's like a brother. Spike Lee decides to film this, by the way, from like all like basically all the way down at like Freak's crotch and like pointing up at his face. Uh Uh-huh. It's not a flattering angle, honestly. I don't know why he chose that. No. So back at um, Dom Pagnotti's office, uh, we see Freak, Dom... Cece and Yvette, and they're all hanging around because they're trying to get Freak to do some endorsement deals. Okay, I I gotta say, so they're saying like, yo, you gotta cut Vic off now? Yes. Meanwhile, no one's looking at Don, who is clearly a mobster? (laughs) Right? Like, they're like, oh yeah, that's your agent? Cool. No problem. That's fine. He only committed just a couple of NCAA violations. It's fine. Whatever. Whatever. It's Small potatoes. Yeah. I'm like, Vic. Vic, the freaking get drunk at a strip club. Oh, my God. God. Literally Hitler. I'm, I swear. <laughs> all like, right. It's all being a pushy assholes about, like, like about Freak getting, like, shoe deals in his rookie mm. season. Like, what about being in movies, man? It's like, dude, it's my rookie season. <laughs> yeah. What's really funny, by the way, is that when you enter the league, like, your overall rating is 55, which the mm-hmm. average rating is, like, 70. And so you're actually most likely starting off the bench. But mm-hmm. when everyone acts like, oh, man, you're just big star already, man. You're putting down the points. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. When it's like, oh, man, I played five minutes last game because I didn't I did pay to have my character be better. Right. It's it's really funny, like the con- like the like the juxtaposition between. Uh huh. Anyways, Dom tells a long and tortured story. It is so long <laughs> about how he got his first dollar at a lemonade stand and. Everyone looks bored. Freak's like, I just want to play basketball. Can we not do this now? And Cece tells her, by the way, her meal ticket brother, by the way. Mm-hmm. Brother's her meal ticket. 
that yes, we should do endorsement deals. You should absolutely do endorsement deals. I totally agree with Dom. Get, get that money. You know, now it's mm. the time guy in his rookie season riding the bench. Like Dom like reveals he set up a website so people could like watch Freak 24 7. Oh, okay. And CC freaks out about this, not because it's a bad idea, but because she wasn't consulted. Uh huh. <laughs> now, this is when Yvette sh- like, hypes up and she's like, well, maybe Dom was just trying to help, you know? Cece just gets fucking racist at this point. Oh, good. And says, Look, Ming Ching, I don't even know why you're here when your job is to look good and shut up. Cece, chill. I don't Uh... even know why you're here. Your job is just to look good and shut up. Cece, what the fuck, man? What the hell? What the hell? (laughs) It's like a... No, girl. No, no. This isn't the road you want to take with this. This is not. Freak also does not help when he just lets out a really bored CC chill. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just that, laying back mm. on the couch, <laughs> and then CC says she's done being the go-between his agent and his gold-digging girlfriend, which uh, is like you're his manager. <laughs> 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 that is your job, actually. <laughs> Yvette then drops the bomb that she not only does she already have a successful fashion line, she graduated summa cum laude. So screw you. Oh. And like, Cece's like, oh yeah, well, how it's funny how your fashion line took off in conjunction with Freak's like, you know, entire career taking off. Oh boy, that's weird. You're just riding off of his coattails. You're just his meal ticket. And it's like, well, yes, but she also just revealed that it's like self-sustaining now. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like she talks about how she already has like distributors in Hong Kong and stuff. Right. She she seems to be doing a better job she, than you, yeah. Who's just yeah? What taking are you? Paycheck. What are you doing, CC? Yeah, it's CC. What are you doing actually? CC's entire thing is to like wear like nice business clothes and then be like, Freak is gonna do shoe deals. And if Freak's like, I want to play basketball, Freak, you're gonna do shoe deals. Mm-hmm. Stop being nice to your girlfriend. She sucks. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Yeah, yeah absolute worst. Absolute worst. I hate CC. So eventually, Freak just says, hey, shut up. You all work for me. I just want to play basketball right now. He then jumps out your best throat, saying that she cannot let CC get underneath her skin because apparently it's okay that she's being racist to his girlfriend. Yeah. And he's that, like, also, hmm. Yvette, you can't get under CC's skin. Like, What? It's like, Yvette's done nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yvette, to her credit, is like, we're going to need to talk about this in private. Mm-hmm. And he also just tells CC that, hey, you just need to keep this on lock. If you can't, go find someone else to help him achieve greatness. Wait, keep what on lock exactly? I guess her attitude or something like that, or just keep everyone like kosher. I, it's hard to tell. Ah. Uh... Yeah. Okay, so this, this is Freak's I'm full of myself now arc. I think this is more of the scene of Freak finally taking back control from people, trying oh, to profit okay. off of his life. But it really just comes off as, it's okay if someone is racist to your supportive girlfriend. Now please be <laughs> nice, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it does not come off well. Right. So, back in a documentary scene, Spike Lee asks DC a very funny question. Mm-hmm. What do you think about people who see your brother as a meal ticket? Mm-hmm. DC, employed by your brother and thus a meal ticket to her, <laughs> says without irony that she's the gatekeeper she just keeps people out of her out of his life that would take advantage of him Spike Lee then asks if she has a personal life which she says oh yeah yeah I do and then Spike Lee says I think freaks your personal life which she's like okay this interview's over I'm done mm-hmm. which is like hey okay all right there's a little bit of insight that yeah no you know CC's you know she's saying hey I'm trying to keep people away from taking advantage of my brother when she's actually doing that herself right like there's a little bit of self-awareness to the story. That's good. I actually okay, like that. Yeah. Story. Okay. Yeah. You're you're lampshading the terrible character you wrote. Yeah. We then cut the freak's apartment as we see Vic slowly close the doors. This is the first time in a while Vic's shown up. By the way. Uh huh. Yeah. And he tells him that his image has t- been taken a hit. That the hood doesn't feel like he's hard anymore. Freak doesn't quite care. He's too busy hanging out with Vet playing NBA 2K16 to really care. And tells Vic that the, the streets aren't always right. Vic then shoots back that it's always good in the hood. That he's wearing weird clothes now that are super tight, not cool. 
and that people don't see themselves in him anymore. And that if he wants to recalibrate his image, he needs to recalibrate back to Harlem. He also drops a Jesus Shuttlesworth reference halfway through this because, mm-hmm. yep, yep, Spike Lee directed that movie. Yep. Great. Sure. Anyways, Vic tells Freak he's corny, and Freak seems concerned. Vic also tells him that Cece is basically leading him astray, and they should let Vic take care of things. <laughs> okay, all, half of that was correct. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it was going good until Vic was like, give me money instead. <laughs> Anyways, Vic says that Freak is the CEO, and he's the CFO, Chief Faucet Officer, and so he should give him some money. DC then shows up out of nowhere and immediately starts <laughs> shit. Yvette, for once, does throw fuel on the fire by directly questioning CC's business strategy, which, of course, sets CC off. Uh-huh. More fights happen, and Yvette tells CC this isn't the womb, okay? It's not just you and Freak anymore. CC then fires back. Speaking of, how's that going for you? What? <laughs> Implying Yvette is having trouble conceiving, and maybe that's a failing of hers. This is because CC is a line stepper. Yeah, okay. That feels extremely out of nowhere. Doesn't it, though? The real thing about the story is that it takes place basically over um, over Freak's rookie season. Mm-hmm. Maybe at most his first two years of his career. Right. And it's being played up like, oh man, no, this is like five years in. You're already a big deal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, nah, man, this man's rookie season. I, he's like technically still 19, at most 20. Like Somehow his, I presume, also 20-year-old girlfriend he met in college already has a fashion line and they're trying to get, they're trying to conceive a child? Yeah, I, which, sorry to fixate on that point. Are they married? No. That feels out of line for these characters to be talking about pregnancy before marriage. <laughs> yeah, it... What? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's an interesting choice, yeah. What what happened to all those old-fashioned values you spent the first hour just extolling exhaustingly at us? Yeah, Spike. Right? Well, you know, they're, they're trying to do the things the right way. They're, they're, they're talking about beforehand, and I guess they're trying to have a kid now before marrying. <laughs> yeah, which is something that, yeah, you'd think Spike Lee would maybe have a problem with, but... <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Anyways, Yvette is like incredulously asked Freak, is he really going to let his sister talk to her like that? Which he is. And she tries uh-huh. to leave, which he prevents. Okay. And they all sit down. Cece then like gets all silent. She's like, let me guess what uh, y'all are trying to say. And then she gets up and starts impersonating Vic. And she's like, Vic was being an idiot. Being like, give us money and hang out with strippers. Which is like, yep, yeah, accurate. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. She then accuses Freak of leaving his family behind and breaking promises that he was going to take care of his parents. What? This, this is categorically not true. As Freak points out, he tried to pay like, for like, a new home for their parents and they refused. Something that's going to be backed up later in another scene. So, Cece's right. just throwing, throwing stuff out. This, not to armchair this, but this sounds like borderline personality disorder. It kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, Cece has the thing about just flying off the handle and just, like, thinking everything is about her. Yeah, it's, like, putting, like, like fake uh, fake thoughts on feelings in, in other mm-hmm. people. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there, there are parts about this that actually made me very uncomfortable with certain people <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Because I've experienced this happening. Yeah. So, which I guess, um, if that's the angle that Spike Lee was going for, credit. It seems very believable. Yeah, I don't I'm, know why that was the angle he was going for. And I'm not sure it was intentional. No. So, Freak is now finally upset. And he tells Cece, I think you need to go home. Vic then tells Cece, hey, I know that you don't like me, but I'm sorry for whatever I did. It wasn't intentional, and I hope one day you'll forgive me. It has never elaborated on what Vic potentially did to Cece, if anything. Uh-huh. Because this is not going to be the last time that some crime that Vic did against Cece is going to come up. Mm. Vic then leaves with Yvette, for some reason. And Cece, distraught, asks, Why Freak always puts them before her? Why do you always put your girlfriend that you've been with now for X amount of time you're trying to have a child with before me? Which uh, Freak then calls her a blood-sucking leech. 
<laughs> okay. But lovingly. What? <laughs> what? How do you say that lovingly to someone? Okay, picture this. Uh-huh. All right? You're in a fight with somebody. Yeah. And you call him a blood-sucking leash. But then you're like, hey, listen, it's okay, because I leech off of you. My friends leech off of me, and that's all right. I this can take is... care of myself. And when he says that they're all leeches, what I mean by that, Alex, is that I care about everybody. Because, you see, leeching is not leeching, it's caring. Okay, so I'm going to add codependency to the list. Yeah, right? <laughs> Alex, this somehow goes well. Uh-huh. DC's going to somehow turn her life around based on this conversation. <laughs> okay. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes all you need to correct a personality complication is just throw enough bad advice at it, I guess. Exactly. If you just say random words that seem meaningful, maybe the other person will go, you're right. I should be less of an asshole to your girlfriend. Maybe? Maybe? I'm not sure, actually. I don't know. I'm going to go home now. So, regardless, this is supposed to be Freak finally getting his life together. His life has been together. It's just been largely influenced by what other people want. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, he's, he's, he's taking control back. Okay, sure. So we later cut to Vic, uh, Freak driving Vic. Mm-hmm. And they're going somewhere as Vic wears a baseball cap with FOF blazoned on it in bl- right. big block leathers. It's <laughs> it's a great hat. It's yeah. so ridiculous. So they listen to like a hip hop track and it's like a mixtape and whatnot. And they're mm. all having fun. And like Vic's like, man, this guy is fire. Freak's like, yeah, he is. What's his name? And his name is something incredibly stupid. Um, it, it's it's something that somebody would want to come up with the fake, fake rapper's name. would come up <laughs> Right. And Vic says, hey, man, I want to do a deal with you. Freak's like, a deal? He's like, yeah, man, I want you to front some money so that we can get with this guy and produce a rap album. What? And Freak's like, I'm not sure that's a good idea. And then Vic is quiet. He's like, hey, I got to tell you the truth. That rapper is me. I'm, I'm him. Um, I think it's Boss, boss Keith something. Uh-huh. It's something stupid. And he's like, wow, you, you really are him? Wow, man, that's, that's crazy, Freak says. Paying some very mm-hmm. fake compliments. Like, man, you're really... Those bars were great. And Vic's like, you should give me more money to do this. To pursue it, man. You can get a cut of it. Freak's like, yeah, boy. Hey, remember when we were back in school and how you were like a really talented baller, man? Despite being short, you were able to like do like two-handed dunks that like you would do like a 360, man. That was crazy. Man, we like worked together so well. It was awesome. Vic's like, yeah, man, I guess I was really talented at one point. Vic then gets silent and starts talking about, man, Freak, you're lucky. You have everything. You have a mom and dad who love you. You're really lucky. You have it all and I have nothing. And Freak, like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, take me your mom and dad, man. You're lucky to have them. After all, my parents died from AIDS. Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm going to see where it goes. Yeah, so it turns out when Vic was like nine, his dad, who was a drunk, uh-huh. um, basically ended up getting HIV and spread it to his mom. And then they okay. basically died one after another. And that left Vic a homeless orphan. Mm-hmm. Then his family, got, he got taken in by, you know, Vic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Anyways... He's like angry and frustrated about all this because he just gets angry freak saying, how dare you pity the poor kid with nothing? I don't need you. I had nothing. You got everything, freak. He didn't get upset at freak because he won't give him money for his probably dumb mixtape. Uh-huh. And he gets upset about being banned from freak's entire team and not being able to hang around him. Freak then accuses him of being jealous. Like he starts getting angry. He's like, man, you're just jealous. Sounds like you're jelly. You're spreading that jelly all over. Which then Vic goes, no, you are. Freak goes, but no, I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> Freak then reveals that Vic tried to get with Yvette behind his back. And I know you're saying, oh, wow, that's really messed up, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- no, it, it turns out that Freak reveals that Vic tried to get with Yvette after Yvette and Freak broke up. No, you're saying Yvette and Freak broke up? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, uh, did? Did they? Gonna get weird in a second. But supposedly, yes. Okay. And then Vic was like, well, I'm gonna try to hook up with her. And then okay. Freak was like, nah, man, you can't do that. That's that's violated bro code and whatnot. I'm very angry right. at you. I was mm-hmm. waiting for you to bring it up, but then you never did. And like, Vic tries to backpedal, but Freak's like, yeah, save that riff for Heathcliff. Which is how you really know that Spike Lee wrote this. Yeah. Because nobody Freak's age is gonna be referencing Heathcliff. I reference Heathcliff. <laughs> But that's because I am, like, poison-pilled by, like, newspaper comic strips. <laughs> Anyways, this is some, like, real high school petty bullshit. It's uh-huh. real stupid. Which maybe is in line, because once again, they have to be, like, 20 at most right now. Right. Freak then says he's always getting into trouble, Vic being. Mm-hmm. And that Freak always has to bail him out, paying for lawyers and everything. He then accuses Vic of throwing wild parties behind his back, which he then produces a flyer that I guess he just had on his lap? Sure. And then slaps it on Vic's chest, which just sticks to him, which is funny. He then also reveals he's given him a quarter of a million dollars over the past three months alone. He's not going to give him any more money. Vic tells him, yeah, you're right. I haven't been taking advantage of you. But it doesn't matter. This freak, you owe me. If freak gets angry, he's like, how exactly? How? How How do you owe me? Uh, valid question. Vic then says the name Dirtbike Donnie. And Freak gets quiet. Now, Alex, you're probably wondering who Dirtbike Donnie is. I am, yeah. What, what is this history between them? Well, prepare to forever wonder. Because you're not going to get fine details. Okay. What I can tell you is that apparently he was a criminal. And mm-hmm. they were in a stairwell one day when they were in high school. And Freak and Vic were wearing cool jackets. And Dirtbike Donnie won the cool jacket. And there was a struggle. And then Dirtbike Donnie fell and cracked his head and died. Young Freak then ran away, and then after this, I guess Young Vic somehow managed to bury the body. What? <laughs> yeah, he covered it all up. So Vic decides to use this to blackmail him. Okay, wait. Okay, this is a problem. Because oh, this, really? is, what this part? is legitimately a potentially better arc than everything that they've been discussing so far. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about, hey, why is Vic always in trouble? Yeah. Why does Freak, like, pay so much loyalty to Vic, even though he seems like a go-nowhere burnout? Mm-hmm. Why did Vic get cut from the basketball team? I don't know. Maybe did Vic take the fall for, like, accidentally killing someone? Yeah. Yeah, Freak commits involuntary manslaughter and Vic takes the fall, and therefore that's why he has the bad rap. Yeah, that would be great. That would be kind of, like, interesting. Reveal that at the start of the game. Be like, oh yeah, Vic has this cloud on his shoulders. Man, he killed a man once. And it's like, no, actually it was Freak and Vic was covering up for him. That would have been great. Yeah. That That would be awesome, but no, Vic just buried the body? Mm hmm. Yeah, no, in in a sequence where they just have, like, three random reveals out of nowhere of Vic trying to get with Freak's, I guess now, ex-girlfriend, uh-huh. you know, to, like, Vic's parents died from AIDS, to this now. It's just like, oh, y'all just decided just to throw out a bunch of motivations now because you need to create some sort of tension or something. Right. Like, yeah, it, it's so left field, man. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it also, that would have played into, like, not only the themes of, like, oh, Freak's the good kid, mm-hmm. but actually this happened. But also, like, like that was something that Freak has never been able to regain control of his life over. Mm-hmm. Like, that has always been hanging over his head, no matter how much he does the right thing no matter how well he lives his life no matter how much he tries to take control that's something that's always there mm-hmm. yep. yep but no i guess some stuff happened and then vic buried the body mm-hmm. and then years later brought it up and then freak was like oh yeah that dude oh shit <laughs> I-, I should say that this scene is like pretty well acted all told mm-hmm like, it is reasonably tense, but it, yeah. yeah, once again, with it all being out of nowhere, it's just like, yeah. ooh, boy. What, what they're talking about seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, 
to finish the scene up, Vic starts laughing and says, Hey, funny thing, you're gonna get a kick out of this, but I need one last favor. I want to borrow your sick-ass ride. Which looks like a g- very generic family sedan in order to help sure. get the ladies. Okay, sure. Rick then goes, fine, but you gotta return it by the end of the season. And Vic says, no worries, it'll come back spotless. Man, we really are living the dream. Ah, it's ironic. Yeah. Freak then yeah. gets back to his apartment, and we see him ruminate over the fact that his life is in shambles. Is Alex, it? You know, potentially, because, like, you know, Vic's going to constantly hang around, and eventually that's going to ruin his career. And then he'll have to play in Italy, and it's going to suck. Yeah. So, Alex, you're probably wondering how Freak's going to get out of this horrible situation. Yeah, I guess I am. I didn't realize he was in a horrible situation, but now that I understand that, I am wondering how mm-hmm. is he going to get out of it. We'll get to that in a second. But first, Vivette comes back home. Because I guess they're living together again? Alright. I'm really confused about, um... Yvette as a person? <laughs> I feel like she's just inserted into the scene or conversation as being in the state of whatever the plot needs her to be in. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. She's there to take a side... Like somebody's side that way tension can be created right usually it's for freak but occasionally be like for like dom or vic it's basically there so that cc can then basically blow up at her and then say something absolutely terrible right mm-hmm. yeah 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 it, it, she's a confusing character and it, it's clear that spike lee was confused because <laughs> I, once again i guess they're just back together yeah sure because, like, Freak doesn't even say that, hey, man, we were on break and you tried to get with her. Right. It was like, we broke up and you tried to get with her, implying that they are still broken up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, she just comes over, gives him a massage. And it's like, hey, listen, I always got your back. And then there's a documentary scene with Freak talking about how special Yvette is. And it's like... For the first time in the game. For the first time in the game, yep. So, in team owner's office, Freak, Dom, and Cece all meet with the owner. Turns out it's an emergency meeting because Freak has become a liability to the team. Uh Uh-huh. Apparently there was another incident at the nightclub, and he needs to cut out Vic now, or he's off the team. Also, apparently Vic got on social media and, like, basically called one of Freak's teammates an idiot, dumb baby, and that Freak was better. And now there's, like, tension in the team. And so everyone tells Freak that Vic's gotta go where he goes. In another scene, Cece and Yvette get together to bury the hatchet because, like, Cece's like, man, you know, Freak really cares about you, that We should start over. And that's like, yeah, we should. Cece does not apologize for the racism. Right, I figured, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the season's about over, and Freak's about to become a free agent. Only three teams are interested in him, though, because of his association with Vic. His agent, Dom, tells him at least he cut out Vic, but it turns out, no, he did not, which causes a blow-up. Anyways... Freak finally decides to call, cut Vic out, but he calls him and doesn't get an answer. The following day, Freak holds a press conference and signs with a new team, which is, I don't know, let's say they're the Toronto, Toronto Raptors. Sure. Right after that, he gets a call from Vic, except when he answers it, it's a police officer. Vic died in a car crash after a prolonged car chase. Congrats, Freak! Your problems are solved! Everyone is sad except his agent. <laughs> <laughs> And then awkwardly cuts to the same basketball. I, I should point out, this literally happens like within five minutes of like the last cutscene. Uh-huh, right. It then awkwardly cuts to the same basketball court that introduced DC and Freak. But then I talk about how this is where it all began. Freak says he's sad that Vic is dead. He then jokes about how life's pretty crazy. And then they leave. But as they're leaving, they pass Vic in an all-white tracksuit as he comes out the center court with a piece of paper, begins to read. It's his final letter to Freak, telling him that if he's reading this, he's long gone. To get you all to know who he really was, he wrote this out. He talks about how his father was a drunk, but that he loved him and he was a smart man. How his mom was the center that brought him back to the light, and the reason why he looked at other people as human beings and not objects. One of them presumably taught him about the qualities of blackmail as well. He was devastated that his mom was taken from him. He then questioned if he wanted to live as he was alone, but then he found Freak and his new family shortly after that. 
He talks about how he was intimidated by Freak's dad, but he knew he couldn't live up to the standards that Freak was Freak's dad was trying to teach him. And found his mom wonderful and a hottie. He says hottie. Mm -hmm. And she was the only other person who understands him. He just wanted to be loved and to belong. He then asks Cece for forgiveness and hopes that she will forgive him one day. For something. For something. The thing he, that happened. The thing that happened. He then apologizes to the Freak, saying he was sorry to be a weight, not as pedestal. Vic just wanted a taste of what Freak had. He then tells him his life will be better without Vic. Vic then puts down the piece of paper and walks off court. His animation then awkwardly stops and he fades away. <laughs> and that is where our story ends. What? There is technically in the falling season some cutscenes of people being like, man, you must be sad that Vic's dead, Freak. And Freak goes, yep. Play some more basketball games. But yeah, that's, that's where it ends. Okay. He, yeah, if you go to the menu and watch the full movie, um, that this this the full two hour runtime. Mm -hmm. This is where it ends. Now, I want to say there are some good things about this. Mm. One good thing is that while there wasn't like any like big names that are like voice talent or whatnot, this is very well acted. Yes, like mm -hmm. the actors are given one hundred and ten percent. They are all motion captured for this. The motion capture was well done, mm. and like. Everything from, like, the car ride with Freak and Vic to, like, even, like, Rick's, Vic's, like, final, like, um, message to Freak, like, after mm -hmm. he dies, are all reasonably well done. Mm -hmm. Does it work in the greater context of a story that seems to be just one event happening after another? Yeah, I was gonna say, so I was gonna say, like, that's a weird conclusion. Mm -hmm. But then I was trying to think of, well, what would be a good conclusion and I can't think of anything because I'm not sure what the point of any of that was. Yeah, I, I think the point of it is that if you become rich and famous, everybody potentially becomes a leech off of you, which might actually be okay if you're cool with it, I guess. Right. Also, if your best friend comes from, is an orphan, uh, he's going to be nothing from trouble. He's going to try to blackmail you. But don't worry, your problems will be solved by Deus Ex car crash. Right. So, uh, yeah, living the dream. It's not all yeah, that living, it's cracked up to be. Living the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh... It's, it's, not a, it's not a good story, Alex. No. No. I'm not sure it is a story. I suppose by the grand, broadest definition, mm -hmm. it is a series of events that is told to a viewer, mm -hmm. making it a story. Yeah, yeah. Things happen in a sequence that eventually result in a conclusion. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. The, the it, conclusion it, it, is you joking around with your fraternal twin sister and being slightly sad that your friend is dead and been being like, living the dream. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It really gives the impression that everyone's just kind of happy Vic's dead, which, oh boy. Uh, yeah, little, little bit. Little, little bleak. Now... This all seems super bad, but somehow, Alex, this plot's going to set in motion the current state of storytelling of sports games. Because basically everyone's going to copy this. Why? Because, <laughs> like it or not, it did get a lot of buzz. Like, starting in 2017, Madden NFL 18 is going to introduce their own interactive movie called Longshot. Mm -hmm. Which, to be fair, Longshot, at least from a storytelling perspective, is actually kind of okay. Hmm. Yeah, um... Mm -hmm. Basic premise is that uh, you play a washed out college star who gets in trouble with the law and it has to like play his way back in via a reality show, which is not the worst idea in the world, to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised the NFL okayed it, but... I kind of am too. It was also cool because like the following uh, year, Madden NFL 19 was like the sequel to Longshot. Mm -hmm. And so they, they continued the story. And it would do yeah. the same with FIFA. Like FIFA's um, a career mode storyline thing is actually really well regarded hmm. like as actually being no this is good uh -huh. this is a good thing yeah and once again it's like every year's a new sequel if you following this player uh playing for manchester united like hmm. it actually became a bullet point yeah of course fifa doesn't give a shit so yeah whatever but this our, your character shot someone whatever yeah welcome man. to the team <laughs> they racially abused an entire Entire minority class. Just 
whatever, whatever buy our cool. $20 hot dog. Yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> yeah. That being said, uh, EA is going to ditch both of these modes uh, after mm. two years and three years, respectively. And now uh -huh. they just do a kind of more generic, more NBA 2K15 sort of style mm. uh, story mode, which is sad, honestly. Yeah. But regardless, the floodgates are now open, and now this is the standard to have these in your in your sports games. And uh, like it or not, they're not going away, but they're also just not getting better or worse. <laughs> Like sports games nowadays, they're just sort of there, just doing yeah. their thing, hobbling along until one day the code code base breaks so badly that they finally have to rewrite the entire thing. Which, uh, given how buggy Madden 23 was, literally rendering entire practice close. facilities on the football field. Yeah, it might be closer than we think. Okay, my prediction is, but no, what if we just start remastering the old games in an emulator what if they did what if they did just like go <laughs> madden 2008 vince young era guess what it's here it's, the graphics are better yeah i would actually play that game probably yeah games actually play well yeah i that would be a very ea thing to do honestly just be like listen we're just not even gonna bother we're not even gonna bother anymore oh but yeah ah oh. How are you feeling, Alex, after after this wild ride? I don't know. I I never know how to feel about Spike Lee, man. He's a some sometimes he's a the dude man. is a genius, and sometimes you're like, what the hell is what are you even doing on this page? Mm-hmm. He is a man that Yeah. Like movies like Malcolm X and whatnot, do the right thing or classics mm -hmm. for a reason. You know, Black Klansman's great movie. Yep. But then, yeah, it's filled with uh, just a bunch of other just, like, terrible, like, weirdly old-fashioned stuff, like, in between. That you're like, man, this was not... Okay, we didn't get the good Spike Lee this time, I see. No. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, he's a... Spike Lee is a very complicated and conflicting man. Not he only is. with his movies, but his personal life and everything in between. Yeah. And uh, this game... This game kind of shows it off at least little glimpses, though not really enough to make it like it's an interesting story to go through. It's a story that I had a lot mm -hmm. of fun like watching and like reciting here. But like it is definitely generic on a level that you would not expect. from Spider Right. Yeah. 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 And maybe that's like the best place to leave this at, Alex. Mm hmm. Oh, and you, the viewer, I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoyed episodes like this, you should check us out at ftp.podbean.com or search for Fallen Through Potholes on your podcast service of choice. Leave us a like and a review. Subscribe to the podcast and follow it because uh, we would really appreciate that. Uh, gives us good feedback on what we're doing. But uh, Alex, thank you for joining me as always. Of course. And take care, everybody. Take care.